0: Again, I bring you greetings from the Bethel Emmanuel Temple Church of God in Christ family, where our bishop and pastor is Bishop Curtis Bernard Sexton. He is the prelate for the Guyana ecclesiastical jurisdiction along with Suriname. We are so delighted to have you here. We're located 106-23 154th Street, Jamaica, New York. I am. Elder Andy Smith, I serve as the assistant pastor of the Bethel Emmanuel Temple Church of God in Christ family. We bless God for our Bishop Curtis Bernard Sexton, our elect lady Denise and We bless God. We bless God for my lovely, my beautiful wife, Sister Carrie Ann. I bless God for all of my family from the Bahamas. I see my cousin Sister Carolyn in here. Um, God bless you, Elder Leon Dixon. We bless God for our local family, the Bethel Emmanuel Temple Church of God in Christ, our global family. Those of you watching, from around the world, um, the Bahamas, um, uh, Guyana, uh, and Suriname, we bless God for all of you, the virtual family that is watching with us. We are so delighted to have you join with us. I God bless you, uh, Sister Joy Ann Giddings. She's always on fire for the Lord teaching our Sunday school. We, we bless God for the greatest church on this side of heaven, and I'm talking about the Bethel Emmanuel Temple Church of God in Christ. I uh, bless God for my sister, Sister Toyesha. Listen, I want to send a quick shout out to my, my lovely niece on her birthday, Sister Thea Giddings. God bless you. God continue to cover you and His grace continue to flood your life as you move into everything that God has ordained for you in your life. God bless you. Deacon Philip White. We are so grateful to God to have you. I see Dr. Betty Peacock in here as well. God bless you. We we are so delighted to have you all with us on this morning. I am happy. I'm excited. I'm overjoyed. I am so delighted. Also, I think I have my mother. My mother, uh, uh, Minister Joycelyn Smith, I know she's watching, I know she's watching, I want to give a shout out to her, because I know that she's going to get me later, because I didn't call on my my mother, the one that brought me in this world, the one that gave me some bumps and bruises, yes, uh, our very own uh, Minister Joycelyn Elizabeth Smith, that's my mama, that's my mama, hallelujah. I bless God for each and every one of you. Well, I am excited about the word of God and what God is about to say to his people on today. I don't have any words of my own. I can only go based on what God gave me for his people. Uh, um, and when God speaks to you, sometimes it's it's something that, that is not comfortable it is something that, it, 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 you know, you don't want to deal with it. You want to move away from it because it may be a little difficult to deal with. But nonetheless, the Word of God is life. The Word of God is spirit and it is life and we are grateful for the Word of God every one of you that is joining in with us on today i just want to encourage you from the word of god i want to inspire you from the word of god because the word of god is all we have when everything else fails isaiah 40 and 8 says that the grass withered and the flowers faded but the word of our god will stand forever so when everything else fails we still have the Word of God. So, today we are going to delve into the Word of God. We're going to delve into the instructions from God. Because His Word is His will. His Word is His instructions for our lives and how we live. Hallelujah. I am so delighted and I'm so overjoyed to have each and every one of you uh, with us on this morning. I want to say... Uh, 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 thank you um, to to our very own uh, Minister Doug Jones. I want to say thank you to to, to Minister Angel Conley. Uh, um, you know, thank you guys so much for this this tie. This this is so nice. I appreciate you all. Thank you guys so much. You 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 thought about me. Yeah, thank you guys so much for being so thoughtful. Now today we're gonna go into the Word of God, and the Word of God is going to be coming from First Kings. 1 Kings, the 6th chapter, and the 7th verse. 1 Kings, the 6th chapter, and the 7th verse. 1 Kings, 6th chapter, and the 7th verse. 1 Kings 6 and 7 says, And the house, when it was in building, was built of stone made ready before it was brought tither. So that there was neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron heard in the house while it was building. I'm going to read it again. And the house when it was in building was built of stone made ready for it before it was brought thither. So that there was neither hammer nor axe or any tool of iron heard in the house while it was in building. And a brief summary of, um, Kings. The date and place that record, that, and the records that record and make up the first and second Kings were written in Palestine, 1046 to 616 BC by strides and prophets whose duty it was to record events during the reign of whatever king they served under. The records were put into one book by the final author or authors, and the one book was divided into two by Septuagint translators, about 294 to 289 BC. If written by Isaiah and Jeremiah, in its final form, the book was so compiled about 743 to 683 BC and 782 to 616 BC. The author, it seems, that Isaiah and Jeremiah were the authors or the final compilers using the public records of the kings of Israel. Among the records were Nathan God, Jehu, and others. The theme of Kings is the history of the kings of Israel and Judah from the time of Solomon to captivity of Babylon. The purpose of the book is to show the reason for the for the Davidic kingdom not being perpetually continued and to reveal why God sent Israel into captivity. If you would bow your heads with me in a word of prayer, Father we thank you. God, we bless you, Father God, for you hear us always, God. God, there's never been a time, God, that you've spoken and your people have not been spoken to, God. God, there's never been a time that you've touched and your people have not been touched, God. So God, you touch God and your people would have been touched, God. God, you speak and your people would have been spoken to, God. Father God, use me as your instrument, God. Father God, I thank you right now for clarity of thought, God, and clarity of speech, God. Father God, use your word, Father God, as a scalpel in the hand of the surgeon, God. Father God, let everything that is andy fall to the ground and die, God. God, but everything that is you, Father God, let it take root in the heart of your people, God. And Father God, let it would spring up into eternal life, God. Some 30, some 60, and some one fold and in the end eternal life. God now let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight. God you are our strength and our redeemer. Let the people of God with a hearty voice say amen and amen and amen. God we bless you. God we thank you God for being God all by yourself. And I am standing here today, and I'm looking at life and how fascinating life is. At one point, we're looking at our children, and we're calling them beautiful and cute toddlers. At another point, they are teenagers. It seems like the next minute, they are off to college. Many study in areas of their interest. And some even change their study majors. But there are groups that are, in addition to studying their majors, they have another addition in college. Hmm. These ones are known as athletes. College athletes. Now, what it is about college athletes is they can tend to have um, um their academics and they have their athletic parts of it. And I want to focus more on the football. Every college athlete, is their goal is to become a pro in the highest level, meaning the National Football League. At the college level, each player tries to compile a statistic resume that looks impressive. In particular, the sport or the game of football has 53 players on a football team, yet there are more than 90 players competing for one spot. Ultimately, at some point, the more, there are more than 30 players that will not get a spot on the team simply because there are not enough places for them to be on the team. So there would be no spots for more than 30 of them. It's important to note that in the field, uh, on the field of play, at any given time, whether there's offense, whether it's defense or special teams, there are only 11 spots to be had. There's only 11 spots to be had. It's amazing that after three to four years, each of these players subject their body to a violent sport, and they are not paid. But their coaches are paid millions for this very same spot. These athletes still compile their statistical resume for the pro level to enter the NFL draft. Even after compiling all of this statistic resume, the NFL wants to do their own evaluation. One could say that the NFL says that you have to go through the NFL combined. The team has to evaluate each player based on the needs of that team. Hallelujah. First of all, they want to evaluate how fast that player is. How fast their 40 time is. They want to evaluate how strong that player is. How many bench presses they can do. They want to know how tall the player is. And what is their vertical jump, how high up they can get to catch a ball. And they want to know how long is the player's wingspan. Because this is important for a player like a defender or for a wide receiver because it helps them to be able to attack the ball at whatever level it is and it gives them more of a chance the longer their wingspan is for them to get to the ball or to get to the person with the ball if they're on defense. These are all what are seen as beneficial for a spot on a team's roster. With hundreds of NFL of athletes trying to go to the NFL draft, it's, it's important to note that only the first round picks are the ones that are somewhat guaranteed a spot on the team. Only those that are picked within the first round are guaranteed a spot on the team. Anything after that, they fall through the cracks. They are traded here and they're traded there, and they still have to compete for a spot on the team. After years of hard work and subjecting their bodies to this brutal sport, this physical abuse that they can have themselves, one hit can cost their whole career to be ended. Just one hit can cost their whole career to be ended. So as a matter of fact, even those ones that are on the team and even are picked in the first round, the spot that was seen to be guaranteed is not really guaranteed. Because it takes one hit and their career can be ended. It's one hit and their career can be ended. My brothers and sisters, may I submit to you that when purpose is not known abuse is inevitable when purpose is not known abuse is inevitable, when purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable, the word purpose really says it's the original intent for why something or someone exists or was made, Our purpose is the original intent for why something was made or something exists, the word abuse has a simple term, it means abnormal use. It means abnormal use. If you want to sweep up dirt inside of your house, you're not going to use a shovel. Because if you use a shovel, you are abusing that shovel because the reason why you have a shovel is not to sweep up dirt. It is to scoop up dirt. That is why you have a broom because the use of the broom is to sweep up dirt. The use of the vacuum is to take up dirt from over the floor and not a shovel. So you would be using a shovel or you would be abusing a shovel to use it in that place because it is not the purpose of that shovel. The text brings us to the time where Solomon is building the temple. Or Solomon is constructing the house of the Lord. It's fascinating to me how the temple construction was God used Solomon to take a hundred and fifty-three thousand six hundred skilled workers to work on this temple. And these were just the, the skilled workers that were working on hewing stones. Out of the 153,600 skilled workers, there were 80,000 skilled hewers that were hewing stones in the mountain. They were hewing stones in the mountain before it came to the house. So First Kings 6 and 7 states to us that there was neither hammer, nor... Nor axe or any tool of iron heard in the construction of the temple. There was neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron heard in the construction of the temple. This tells me that in the construction of the temple, there was quietness. In the construction of the temple, there was peace. In the construction of the temple, there was no noise. Because everything that was used in the construction of the temple came with a specific size and a specific shape to fit a specific spot. Everything came and it was cut to fit a specific place at a specific spot. The quietness and peace is the placement of every stone in its assigned spot in the temple. The stones were the correct size for a specific placement. The stones were at the correct size for a specific placement. The the text states that every stone was made ready and they were prepared before being placed in a determined spot. The stones were made ready and they were prepared before they were placed in a specific spot. According to 1st Chronicles 28, 11, and 12, the plans and the patterns of the temple gave Solomon everything about the temple that needed to be done, that there were specifics. And how the temple had to be constructed. What materials had to be used. um, Where they had to be placed. The sizing of where they're going to be placed. How long, how wide, how deep, how many porches, how many gates. These were things that were in the plan. Because God, who is the originator, all of the things about the temple originated in the mind of God before the construction of the temple. Every material and its placement were placed and they started with God. Every material and their placement started with God. Every material and their placement started with God. Ephesians 1 and 4 says according to according as he has chosen us in him from before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love my brothers and sisters may I submit to you that before our existence before our existence our destination had already been determined. Before our existence, our destination had already been determined. Before we were even a thought in our mother's or our father's mind, God had already determined our destination. Before we existed, God had already determined our destination. I want to encourage you on this morning that you have a fixed, determined spot. I want to encourage you on this morning that you have a fixed, determined spot. God himself prepared you for the spot that only you can fit. God himself prepared you for the spot that only you can fit in his kingdom. Nobody else can fit your spot because your spot is fixed and determined. I'm talking to you today about your fixed and determined spot. You have a fixed. Determined spot. That situation that is irritating you. Is God himself shaping you. For your spot. That person that is driving you nuts. Is God himself shaping you. For your spot. It's a spot that only you can fit. God has designed that spot for only you. But there are some things about us! that God has to shape and he has to remove to get us to a place where he fits us and where there is no sound, there is no hammer, there is no axe, but God himself has fitted you for your spot, I cannot fit your spot, you cannot fit my spot, but our spot has been determined, it's been fixed and it's been determined by God, let me encourage you that you were made for this, you you were made for your fixed determined spot God has ordained your spot for you and only you yes you were made for your spot nobody else can fit your spot and you may be a circle and somebody else might be a square so nobody else can fit your spot God has A fixed, determined spot for you. No matter what you're dealing with, every turmoil that you're dealing with is a part of God shaping you for your spot because he has to build character in you to get you to a spot that he has fixed and he has determined for only you. It's your spot. It's fixed and it is determined. It is your spot. Isn't it amazing? that we get frustrated and we ask the question to god and sometimes we ask god how long god how long it is important to know that god himself god is not governed by time god does not live in time God is eternal. He is an eternal God. Therefore, time is living in God. Time is wrapped up in God. What God does is God takes a space between start and he takes it between finish. He takes a space between start and finish and he takes you and I and he Puts us into that place And he calls it time and purpose He takes a space between start and finish He puts us in the middle And he calls it time and purpose Where you are right now Is exactly where God needs you to be Because he needs to bring his purpose out of your life Because he has to get you into your fixed determined spot Touch yourself And say I was made for this It's my fixed determined Determine the spot. It's your fixed, determined spot. You were made for this Yes all the hell that you went through And are going through Is God using you Because God had wired you To deal with all of these things God had made you To deal with everything God has a warranty on you He can guarantee your spot Because he knows that you can take it He knows that you can make it Because it's your fixed determinant spot. My brothers and sisters, you may feel like you're not equipped for where God has called you to. Saying things like, I'm not fast enough. Saying things like, I'm not strong enough. Or I'm not tall enough. I'm not sure I have the correct wingspan. But Ephesians 7 and 4 says, and it lets us know that God gave us grace to match the size of our gift. Ephesians 4 and 7, God said he gave us the grace to match the size of our gift. He gave us the grace to match the size of your gift. So everything that comes to you and is coming in your life, God has already given you the grace to match the size of your gift. He's given you the grace. How do I know this? Lamentations 3, says, It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because his compassion fail not. He said that they are new every morning. Great is the faithfulness. So every morning you get up. God gives you a measure of grace To deal with the day that's ahead of you If you have not dealt with it Then that means that you've wasted the grace of God Because God gave you grace for every day For every trial and every obstacle That brings you to the spot in the kingdom of God You are made for this It's your fixed, determined spot you may say hey what are you talking about yeah i want to tell you this here when you question your life experience then i want to give you a scripture the scripture is in psalms 37 and 23 it says the steps of a good man are ordered by god and he obtained favor and when i look at that word the word says ordered and it has an ed on it the word order says it's past tense. So when you use the word order, the word order simply means it's the act of setting things into sequential arrangement, which means that one thing has to happen first before another can happen. One thing has to happen before another can happen to get you to the place where God needs you. So what are you saying to me? That bad marriage that you had was God using you in his sequential arrangement. It had to happen to you so that God can prepare you for what he's about to give you. That boss that is driving you nuts on the job, he had to happen to you because God wanted to build your character to prepare you for that new job or prepare you for your own company. God says now everything that happens had to happen to get you from where you are now to where God wants you to be, to move you from glory to glory to glory. Your steps have been ordered. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 says, He had made everything beautiful in his time. Also he had set the world in their hearts so that no man can find the work that God make it from the beginning to the end. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says For I know the thoughts That I think towards you said God They are thoughts of peace And not of evil To give to you an expected end My brothers and sisters Know that your spot And your place is secured Know that your spot And your place in God Is secured Touch yourself And say I have a fixed Determined spot And I was made For this I have a fixed Determined spot And I was made For this Your spot Or the spot In the college level Or the NFL Emphasizes on How fast You are In the college level They emphasize on How fast you are But Isaiah 40 and 30 Wait 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Another scripture said that the race is not given to the swift or to the strongest, but he that endureth to the end. You've got your fixed determined spot at the end. Annabelle says they're looking for how strong you are. But the word of God says in Proverbs 18 and 10 The name of the Lord is a strong tower Where the righteous can run in and they are safe The name of the Lord is a strong tower Where the righteous can run in and they are safe The NFL wants to know how tall you are But Ephesians 1.21 says Far above all principality and power and might and the means and every name that is named not only in the world but also in that one that is to come They want to know how long your wingspan is. How long your wingspan is. But Psalms 103 and 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far had God removed our transgressions from us. My brothers and sisters, God made you a fixed and determined spot. You are made for this. You are made for this. So it simply says that I cannot fit your spot. You cannot fit my spot. But we all make up the body of Christ. We all make up the body of Christ. (laughs) So my hands can only do what hands can do. But on the hands there are fingers. And the fingers and the hand can only move as far as the arm takes it. Your body can only move if the feet takes it. Your body can be level if your shoulders are. But we are connected to the head and everything works together. But there is a fixed, determined spot. God has called you for this. God has made you for this. Your spot is not an option. Let me say that. Your spot is not an option. Your spot is not up for competition. Your spot is not up for competition. Your spot is not an option. Nor is it up for competition. We have to allow God to shape us for our spot. Allow God to shape us for our spot. Now the thing about shaping, there is an element of pain. (coughs) there is an element of pain in shaping. And I want to touch on two types of pains. Because in shaping, you have two types of pains. One, you have the pain of discipline. You have the pain of discipline. Which means that whilst God is taking things off of you that doesn't need to be on you, you allow God to walk through that process in your life. Because when you be disciplined and allow God to do what He's doing in your life, you can get to your spot a lot quicker. And then there is the pain of consequence. There is a pain of consequence. What is the pain of consequence? When you move away from where God needs you to be, from him shaping you because you don't want to feel the pain of being shaped. You are suffering the consequences of moving out of the timing of God. And when you move out of the timing of God, there are consequences that come along with it. It means that it takes you a longer time to get to your spot in God. God has a fixed, determined spot for every one of us. But we have to allow God to shape us for that spot. We have to allow God to shape us for that spot. Are you going to deal with the pain of discipline? Or are you going to deal with the pain of consequence? Athletes must be in shape for competition. And to compete for a spot. On the team. But your spot. Is fixed. And determined. See athletes has to be in shape. Listen to me carefully. Athletes has to be in shape. To determine their spot. On the team. But the difference between us. And the athletes. Is God shapes us. We are. (laughs) The athletes have to be in shape. But God shapes us for our spots. Let me say that again. The athletes have to be in shape for a spot. But God shapes us for our spots. So what is the problem when we feel like we're taking too long to get to the place where God wants to take us? The problem is we're not allowing God to shape us. We don't want the the pain of discipline. We are not allowing God to shape us for the spot that he has determined for our lives. Because when he shapes us, then we'll fit seamlessly into our spot. But everything that needs to come off of you has to be off of you already for you to fit seamlessly in your spot. I'd rather take the the pain of discipline. I'd rather... Take the pain of discipline Than to deal with the pain of consequence Why? It's because I realized that I had to deal with the pain of consequence before I had to deal with the pain of saying God, not right now God, I don't have time for this God, I don't want to deal with it Because God, I'm about to cut somebody God, not right now I'm not feeling Jesus right now Because I want to smack somebody upside the head And And I had to deal with the pain of consequence But then there were times when I got to learn how to deal with the pain of discipline Which meant that I had to be still And know that he is gone I had to use soft words to turn away wrath And I had to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord That's the pain of discipline Because when you move away from the pain of discipline, then you deal with the pain of consequence. And it moves you away from your spot. It gives you a longer time before you can get to your spot. I know, I know, I know sometimes you want to smack him upside the head. Oh, hallelujah. Sometimes I know you want to put the Bible on the top of them when you're finished. Uh, But sometimes you need to be still and know that he is God. And see how he's working it out in your life. And be disciplined. Even though it's painful, allow God to shape you. For a spot that only you can fit. Nobody else can fit your spot. Because there are things about you that God said, I've already baked into your being. I've already wired you for this. You were made for this. Because it's your fixed, determined spot. God shaped you for this. He made you for this. My brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. That no matter how you are going from day to day. Things seem to be difficult. God, I can't see you in all of this. I can't see you in this and that. Why does it have to be so hard? And God is saying to you, I want you to allow me to shape you for your fixed, determined spot. I want you to allow me to prepare you for your spot that only you can't fit. Do you realize that there are people in this world that are just waiting to hear from you? There are people in this world that only you can reach. Because that's your fixed, determined spot. There are people that I may never reach. But there are people that you, my brothers and sisters, you can reach. Because God has placed you in a unique area. He has shaped you. For that spot that only you can fit. There's a spot that only you can fit. Isn't it ironic that we can work in so many different fields. We can be in so many different professions. And every day you look around, there's an opportunity for God to use you to bless somebody else's life. For God to use you to minister peace in somebody else's life. God to use you. He placed you there. You are thinking about your boss getting on your last nerve. You're thinking about how they don't pay you enough. But the purpose why you're there is really not for how much they can get on your nerve. Because how much they get on your nerve is actually God shaping you. And God shaping your character. How much they don't pay you. Is God shaping your character and preparing you for where you are about to go. Because you're about to blow up and have your own business. But God needs you to get something out of that situation. And that's why you have to be still and allow the shaping of God. To put you in your fixed, determined spot. My brothers and sisters, I want you to know this one thing. That you have a fixed, determined spot. And God says that you, yes you, you were made for this. Even though it may feel difficult, it may feel hard. God says you were made for this. You got this. You got this. God wired you just for this. It's your fixed, determined spot. God wants to bring us to a place where when we get to our fixed, determined spot, there would not even be hammer, nor axe, nor any tool of iron heard. It's gonna, nothing's gonna be heard. You ever, you ever thought about this? You know, when we call our kids <clears throat> or when our parents called us, uh, I'm going to say this to, to my, my, my cousin Carolyn. When, I, when, I, when our parents call us, they say, Andy, come here, Andy. Now, they're right in the next room. Andy, come here. I'm like, Mommy, I'm right here. Come here. I need you to go. And they were shouting loud. We have become accustomed to hearing, Andy, come here. Maya, come here. Carry Ann, Come here. We'll become accustomed to that. That when God is speaking to us, we are so deaf. <laughs> we're so deaf because we're so used to someone screaming at us. And God is speaking in a still small voice. And he says, Come here, my child. I want to show you great and mighty exploits. But because you're listening for the bullhorn, For God to be saying, come here! And God is saying, come here, my child. There is a point where we're shaped to a point. Where all of the things are removed from us. That we can hear clearly from God. We can hear clearly from God. I would never forget. Every morning at 5 a.m. My mother would get each and every one of us around the bed. And she would make all of us pray. And when we're done praying, she made us recite a scripture voice verse. And none of us could have the same scripture verse. And she does it every 5 a.m. Do you know that to this day, my mother still gets up at 5 a.m.? And she calls out every last one of her children's name in prayer. And that's why I know that my spot has been fixed and determined. For the things that my eyes saw. That could have driven somebody else up the wall. I know that God was shaping me. For a fixed, determined spot. So let me encourage you. That no matter what you're going through, you've got a fixed, determined spot. You were made for this. Bow your heads with me in the word of prayer. Father, we thank you. We bless you and we glorify you for these, your people, God. Father God, even as we have shared on this time, the word that you have poured out to your servant to pour out to your people, God. Help us to know as we go from day to day that we've got a fixed, determined spot. And our spot is not a competitive spot. Our spot is not about how fast we are. Our spot is not about how strong we are. Our spot is not about how tall we are. Our spot is not about how long our wingspan is. Because our spot was made specifically for us by you. God, we thank you, God, that we would operate in our spot, God. And we would stand still and allow you to shape us for that spot, God. Father God, I pray and I thank you right now for the strength of my sisters and brothers, God, to allow you to shape them, to shape us for our spot. That we will be exactly what you've called us to be, God. That we will impact the lives of your people, God. Father God, as we go from day to day throughout the week, God, help us to be still and listen to your voice, God. Be still and allow you to shape us, Father God, for a spot that is fixed and determined because we were made for it, God. God, we give you glory and we give you praise right now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. We bless God for each and every one of you joining in with us on today. We thank you so much for being here with us. Um, uh, we, we are delighted to share with you what God has given to us to give to you on, to, on this day. If it's your time of tithing, if it's your week of tithing, I need you to look. Look here. Inside of the comment section, and you would see our ways of giving, of our electronic giving, our cash app, and our givelified app. If it's your time of tithing, we bless God for each and every one of you joining in with us on this morning. We bless God for our local family, the Bethel Emanuel Temple Church of God in Christ family. We bless God for our global family. Um, those of you watching from around the world, the Bahamas, um, Guyana, Sharon, all of you watching, we are so delighted to have you. I bless God for my little sister. I see my cousins in here. Carolyn, I bless God for my mother watching. I bless God for each and every one of you. I see you. I'm Brother Marty Hodges. I am praying for you as always. I want you to know that, that God is still in control. And no matter how you feel right now, there is something that you need to know. That you can make it out. Or, mm-hmm. Hallelujah. God is still in control of your life. See, see, when, when 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 it seems like everything is going awry, you need to know this thing right here. No matter how it goes, this is something, this is this is how I'm feeling right now. I made it out. You can make it out. And now we can say, Yes. When all fails, we're going to make it out all right. Thank you, Lord. You didn't leave me nor forsake me. Thank you, Lord. Ah, yeah. Listen here. I made it out all right. (laughs) Come on. Come on, just rock with me for a little bit. I'm feeling so thankful right now. Ah, yes, sir. This is just how I feel right now. I made it out all right. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, sir. Listen here, I made it out, hallelujah, God bless each and every one of you for joining in with us, the Bethel Emanuel Temple Church of God in Christ family, Uh, under the leadership of our bishop and pastor, Bishop Curtis Bernard Sexton and our very own elect lady, Denise Sexton. We are so grateful for godly leadership. You know, all of, of last month we were talking about... Um, um, leadership and and, and honoring leadership. And and I just want to honor great leadership. I'm not uh, honoring the man, but I'm honoring the God that's inside of this great leader. We bless God for having the best leader on this side of heaven. We bless God for our Bishop and Pastor Bishop, Curtis Bernard Sexton, uh, pastor of the Bethel Emanuel Temple Church of God in Christ, located 106. That's 23, 154th Street, Jamaica, New York. Join in with us. Listen, we're back up and going. We've got power again. Uh, I want you to be prepared. And, and we will send out whatever information we have to send out um, in regards to getting back into the house. We bless God for each and every one of you. I am Elder Andy Smith. I'm the assistant pastor of the Bethel Emanuel Temple Church of God in Christ family. Also, I want you to know this one thing here, that on every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., we have our Sunday school that is under the leadership of our very own um, Elder George Giddings and Evangelist Joanne Giddings. Hi, Angeline. Hey, baby, Um, every Sunday morning at 9 a.m., they're on Facebook as well as they're on Zoom. If you need to get in contact, please reach out and we'll give you whatever Zoom links that you need and the Facebook links. Okay, we want you to join in with us. And again, uh, next Sunday morning at 9 a.m., same station, not the same place. Because we'll be back in the sanctuary lifting up the name of our God. And just thanking God for being alive and being together again. I want to tell you right now, I don't know what is going to happen. But I am excited about what God is about to do when we come together again on next Sunday. I want you to also continue to, to lift our leaders up in prayer. Because prayer is always in order. Lift our leaders up in prayer, and we thank God for godly leadership. I bless God for my beautiful wife, Sister Carrie Ann Smith, and all of my kids. Again, happy birthday to my beautiful niece, Sister Tia Giddings. Happy birthday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Happy birthday to you. Um, Listen, next week, 10 a.m., same station, probably not the same place, but we're going to be again lifting up the name of the Lord. I want you to know one thing. I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Bless God for you. See you on next week. Hey, and I'm sending another shout out to my beautiful mom, my mother. Joycelyn Smith, Minister Joycelyn Smith, Mommy, love you, love you, love you, love you all uh, for being a part of us and just sharing with us. You know, we're excited, so so sometimes, you know, you get overjoyed, you get overjoyed because you're excited. Again, let me say this, and I'm going to sign up. This sign for real, for real, yeah, 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 I'm going to sign up. I love you all, and there's nothing you can do about it. I bless God for my little sister, Latania. I see you, Elder Franklin, God bless you. Love you all.